0: Welcome to The Weekly Wrap, the week in news and what's coming up. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. In this week's episode, we talk through the issues in the Red Sea and what the Colorado ruling on Trump might mean.
1: Yeah, so there's also been floods and fires and the Lerman defamation trial is at At an end.
0: Yeah, we'll also look back at the year that was and tell you about the story that stuck
1: with us. Plus, we look ahead to 2024 and give you our news predictions. And stay to the end because we've got a Christmas gift for each other. And I think hilarity will ensue. Do you? I don't
0: know. I'm (laughs) a bit nervous. Let's see. They're all both news related though. So news adjacent Christmas presents, Claire, coming (laughs) at you. We're so cool. (laughs) Such nerves. We're going to dive straight into news this week. We're going to get right into it off the
1: top. The Israel-Hamas war continues to have very wide coverage. Yeah, it really does. And, of course, it's just going on and on with a new angle as well in the Red Sea. It's really been in focus this week.
0: Yeah, it's something that, as we often say, Claire, has been bubbling away. But lots around it this week for a couple of reasons. Firstly, that request by the US for Australia to send a warship to the region – was a no.
1: Yeah, so we'd been kicking that out. Our government for a couple of weeks came to public attention about a week ago that there was a request on the table, but it was confirmed on Thursday that it was a no from our government to send a warship to the region. Um, The reason that the government has given for that is that they need to focus on our region. Of course, the Indo-Pacific region is something that's been talked about quite a bit in security there. However, if you get into the commentary around this, there's plenty of speculation about whether the Australian warship are properly configured to provide that sort of assistance. Um, Kate, I had real fears for you when you were heading down a rabbit hole what are these ships? How many do we have? What is the configuration? <laughs> Why can't they just turn around and I think I pulled you back? But you but said here just we look are. at it from a top level. But it is interesting because <laughs> you kind it of is. don't think about what we have
0: available to us. And just to answer that question, it's something in the 30s, yep. these ships that Australia has. Um, and I could keep going, but <laughs> we might just leave that there. Important to point out this request wasn't directly asked of Australia by the US, it was a general call out to 38 nations, 10 or so of which have committed to it. To get into the actual Problem it's trying to solve. What it comes down to is Houthi rebel attacks on ships in the Red Sea. And by ships, we're talking commercial vessels.
1: Yeah, and also a good thing to clock too is your Red Sea geography. Mm. Um, Give it a quick Google if you can. I'd love to start pointing at things in the air, but it really is important to actually clock it, I think, yourself and see what we're talking about. Basically, the Red Sea runs between the Arabian Peninsula and Africa. And in the far north is the Suez Canal. Of course, it runs through Egypt which is to say it is a very busy shipping route because it's a shortcut between Europe and Asia.
0: Yeah, it really is a shortcut when you look at a map. We'll put a link to a good visual explainer in your episode notes. But Claire, of course, this is also part of the world where Israel's war on Hamas is playing out. In Gaza. So, who are the Houthis? Again, we have an explainer in your episode notes if you really want to go deep. But the broad sweeping strokes are there from Yemen. They're backed and armed by Iran. They say the attacks are in response to Israel's military
1: action in Gaza. And they say they won't stop until Israel's military action stops. So this is one way that the war is escalating regionally. It's Mm. something, of course, that's been talked about quite a bit since that war started Um, and globally as well because that shipping route is really crucial to supplying oil, Um, also all those container ships with all that cargo, food, lots of food going through there too, all the stuff that we need.
0: Yeah, people listening might recall back in 2021 can't believe it was that long ago when the the ever given, that big big ship ran aground in the Suez Canal. It
1: blocked that channel for nearly a week. It caused really big disruptions to global supply chains. Yeah, and remember at the time there was tons of commentary about how many billions of dollars was captured just by six days of being stranded there. Of
0: being stranded there. Remember all the memes as well? Mm. Oh yeah. There was a lot of memes. (laughs) This is a different problem, of course, but the ramifications are very, very real. Claire, already because of this we've seen major shipping firms pause shipping through the Red Sea. They'll consider going the long way around Africa instead. My main question is how the US and that combat mission plan to tackle the problem.
1: Well, what has been reported on anyway is that there's an operation called Prosperity Guardian. It's very modern warfare because the Houthi rebels are using drones. They're also hijacking ships and taking mm. basically capture of them. So it's about shooting those drones down, but also keeping them away from these big container ships.
0: We don't know a whole lot about the weapons and how they're actually doing it, but that all sounds very, very serious. Operation Prosperity Guardian, doesn't it? Mm. The Houthis themselves show no signs of letting up. As I said, the group has said any ship heading to Israel is a legitimate target. So this will be an ongoing security issue.
1: Yeah. And of course, since the Gaza war started, there've been plenty of questions about what impact it might have on the global economy. So we'll definitely start to see a straight line between that conflict now and high prices and supply chain issues. If those container ships are going to be held up or the oil companies, of course, it's a big oil producing region are affected. So it's one to keep an eye out for.
0: It sure is. And locally here, this is all playing out politically. The coalition saying that we should have absolutely, sent that ship. Three other big news stories this week. Two are very much homegrown,
1: Claire, so we'll start there. First of all, those floods in far north Queensland, epic. Yeah, epic indeed and devastating for many. And not just floods either. Remember, Part of that coast was hit by a full force category two cyclone. Mm-hmm. So lots of issues up in far north Queensland. The worst of this happened north of Cairns, and some of the very hardest hit areas are very remote communities. Cyclone Jasper took five days. To move on. So it brought a lot of rain. Yeah,
0: just looking at some of the clips from up there, men being rescued from trees, mm. um, crocodiles in rivers. Crocodiles. Like it, it's It all sounds very sensational, but it's very, very real for people up there. Whenever there's a story from a specific part of Australia, Claire, I think it's always worthwhile to go to the local newspaper and mm. see how they're reporting on it. The Cairns Post is the, the paper up there in Cairns. It's been devastating. That paper is littered with stories of those who are now homeless and won't have a home for a really long time, there's also a very – urgent plea from the region to tourists to not cancel holidays and get back up there.
1: Yeah, because there's blue skies and open for business and lots of places that weren't that badly affected. They really want people to come.
0: We know how these natural disasters affect local economies. So if you do have a holiday book to fly north Queensland, they're telling you to come. Off you go. Of course, we've also seen over the other side of the country in WA, Clare bushfires. As we're recording, all of the emergency level fires have been downgraded. There are still four major blazes burning across the
1: state. Yeah. Yeah, and what the authorities say up there is that they're set for a few difficult days as we head across Christmas. Um, still at home, Kate, the Lerman defamation trial is basically done and dusted. The decision on whether Bruce Lerman was defamed by Channel 10 and or, and or Wilkinson, yeah. uh, is with the judge. That decision could take weeks, could take months, years. could take maybe years. Well, as long as the judge decides, right? The judge has the discretion to now go and consider what he wants to do.
0: It's not... Over Though, as far as the media reporting of it, of course, we've seen Brittany Higgins with her fiancé, David Shiraz, there off to live in France. As that happened, Claire, Fiona Brown, the former chief of staff to Higgins and Lerman, She was their boss at the time. She's challenged claims made by Higgins which led to that $2.4 million settlement with the Commonwealth.
1: Kate, you and I for our year in review and we were looking at the Australian news, went through all of the big bits to this case that went over the year. Mm. And as you say, it's remaining in the news, not just because this trial is over and people are interested. There is a ton of stuff happening that's connected to all of this. Exactly. Of course, that compensation claim is very much in the news now. Given what Brown has said about what happened at the time. So, yeah,
0: it's another piece to this very complicated puzzle. Absolutely. They're the local things. The other big news story this week is out of the US. I caught a headline on Wednesday when I don't work on Wednesdays, so I kind of browse the news whenever Mm. I get a moment. Um, It said, Donald Trump banned from the presidential race in Colorado. (laughs) I was for a moment there, I
1: was like, what? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you went, oh, it's one state in Colorado. It's notable, though, of course, because yeah. other states are considering similar cases and if, if other states reach that same conclusion, Trump would have a very difficult time securing, one, the Republican nomination and, mm-hmm. two, if he did that, winning the presidential election in November.
0: Yeah, to say there's going to be some legal wrangling on this is an understatement. The decision will be appealed to the US Supreme Court by
1: Donald Trump, but it will be up to the justices to decide whether to take the case. And, of course, this is an opportunity to talk about the differences in our political and legal Mm. systems compared to America. So that Colorado court, Democratic governors have appointed all the justices. Of course, remember, Donald Trump is a Republican. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when it comes to the U.S. Supreme Court, there's a 6-3 conservative majority, including three justices, who were appointed by Trump when he was president. When he
0: was president. What you're saying, Claire, is an argument that the Colorado decision was politically
1: motivated against Trump – just as any US Supreme Court decision could favour Trump. Yeah, exactly right. And even Trump's opponents on the Republican side, so those who are running against him for the primaries, say that it's not really appropriate for the courts to make a call to keep him off the ballot. It should be up to the voters to really decide who is their person that goes to that election, particularly when there's been no decision against Trump when it comes to what happened on the Capitol on the 6th of January, Mm. what that Colorado case was, was about was saying he staged insurrection, therefore he shouldn't be eligible to be president. So strap- which is not something he's ever been found to have done in a legal environment as yet. Exactly right. Yeah. All in all,
0: strap yourself in for 2024. 2024 is a US presidential election year. It's going to be a lot. Have <laughs> a have a deep breath and a break before we get into that. <laughs> I'm looking
1: forward to it. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Claire, you and I have been busily recording podcasts to be released across January. If anyone can hear my voices a little weak today, it's because we've recorded a lot of podcasts in the last two weeks. (laughs) She's a battler. She's battling through. I am. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, it's fine. Um, They're called The Year Ahead. And in them, we talk to our friends in news about their news predictions. Those friends include comedian and ABC radio presenter, Sammy J. Well, he's your
1: friend. It's my friend. Get <laughs> your
0: hands off, my friend. Lauren Sams is the fashion editor at the AFR, the Australian Financial Review. Helen McCabe, the founder of Future Women. Your and former boss. My former boss. Yep. Also friend. Also friend, yes. yep. Um, Abby Jelmy and Georgie Tunney, sports journos and co-hosts of the Two Good Sports podcast. In those episodes, as I said, they'll be rolling out across January, we start by asking them to cast backwards and tell us the story from 2023 that really stuck with them. And now I
1: want to know yours. Yeah, good o. I reckon this is a good time and place to do that. Okay. Uh the story that really stuck with me, Kate, in 2023, such a weird chapter in Russia in June when Yevgeny Prigozhin, mm. that leader of the Wagner mercenary troops, he took his fighters out of Ukraine and marched them towards Moscow. Remember that? It was sort of happened on a Saturday morning here yeah. and it was like we were glued to the TV yeah. for like 48 hours going what is What is happening? He got really close to Moscow as well before he turned around. He was jack of the way that the Russian military commanders were running the war. Of course, tens of thousands of Wagner troops have died in Ukraine. Um, He encountered little resistance as he made his Mm. way north and then he stopped and there was a deal done. He fled. Um, Vladimir Putin, of course, said, that's all fine, away you go. Two months later... Progosian was dead in a plane crash. Just wild. A wild, wild story. When That'll was that? Is that like me. June? June yeah. Juneish?
0: yeah. For me, um I was trying to I was trying to think if there was a news moment or if it's just more of a theme, and mm. I think the permanency of AI will be something I remember from 2023. It kind of entered our lives in a big way with that ChatGPT launch at the end of 2022. But it was very evident across the last year that it's not going
1: anywhere. You articulated this, I thought, really well. It's not just a moment. It is a change.
0: A complete change and it's going to change the way uh, we do our job. It's going to change the way a lot of people do their job but also how we learn, Mm. what's important. Like when we're talking about kids and media literacy and how they actually learn things, Um, it's a big change. So that will probably be something I remember. And if I'm being really true to the question, what's – stuck with me was the whirring of my computer as I tried to get Taylor Swift tickets.
1: <laughs> I'll never forget that. I still don't know what's behind there because yes. I didn't get through. So traumatic for so many people. As you know, I got through a couple of times. Oh. So, yeah, and not that wasn't that difficult really. You know, I know, amazing. Just to rub it in again. I'm amazed.
0: <laughs> um, so now as we do in that series, we look ahead to yep. 2024. What do you see as the big news themes for the next year?
1: Look, cost of living. It's just huge. He lives. Last yeah. year you absolutely gave me hell because I predicted the economy would be tough. Oh, my God. You can't predict the economy and you can't predict cost of living. Cost I'm of sure living its going to be huge. No, no I think it's interesting because that lag effect that we talked about that I remember Philip Lowe talked about as well, that lag effect we're really biting now mm. and it's going to keep biting even as the economy starts to get a bit better and yeah. inflation comes off. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. Um, I also think this, what they're calling democracy recession, is going to be a really interesting theme. It's going to be so much attention on the US election, as we just talked Mm. about. As that happens, though, when you look at China, Russia, slabs of Africa, parts of Asia, these really authoritarian leaders and compliant states that are bullying their way to take away rights and freedoms, I'm really interested in that as a theme.
0: Okay you read a little bit about this in one of the major publications and this is where this democracy recession phrase has come from. Yeah, exactly. Have you got to read.
1: I feel uh, like I need to read something. Yeah, look, it's really really hardcore nerdy, but let's have that link. For okay, sure. let's put
0: that link in the episode notes. Um I think I agree. I mean, we're going to be talking a lot about the US election next year. For me, one of the big stories of 2023 was the Victorian government pulling the pin on the Commonwealth Games. I do think there'll be a continuing conversation about major sporting events and whether governments can justify the cost of hosting them. Cost of living again. Well, it's all about the economy, exactly. isn't it? There you go. <laughs> um, I also think if I can have – can I have two? Oh, you can't have two. I'll no, have exactly. Two. No, um, Look, it's your podcast too. Thank you. Go you. for your life. Um, I don't think we've seen the back of these investigations into government contracts with consulting firms. Mm. So we had the big PWC scandal this year. It really
1: opened the public's eyes, I think, to how governments work with these firms. And I don't think we're done yet. And just to further that, Graham Samuel, who's a former AC chairman, uh, is talking about too how those consulting firms work in the corporate world. So mm. can they be auditors as well as consultants? Because it's such a complicated relationship. So I think consulting firms more broadly, there's going to be lots of eyes on them and how they do business.
0: I'm glad you agree with I me. I totally agree. There we go.
1: Bold prediction
0: though. Like what's the last year you predicted Nick <laughs> Kyrgios to win the Australian <laughs> Open?
1: And well, I, that didn't even get out of the starting gates really, did no, it? No, I don't think so. I think, I think he, well, he's already out of the Australian <laughs> yeah, exactly. Open again. So don't predict that. I was really hoping to do that again, but apparently I can't. Uh, My bold prediction, a really bruising year in federal politics. And I say that because I think the coalition has a sniff that there are some chinks in the Albanese government's Mm armour, and I think they're going to go really hard. Okay. I think
0: a change of government in Queensland. Okay. So we're both going along the political
1: Change, yeah, coalition starting to get their act together. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Yeah, if you're
0: listening on Spotify, we're actually very keen to hear your bold news predictions for 2024, not only for people listening on Spotify, but you're welcome to email them to us. Hello, oh, I'd love to say wrong answers only. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. How bold can you go? How bold can you go? Like, <laughs> what, what do you think 2024 will bring? You can uh, reply in the Q&A on the Spotify episode, but you can also, as I said, send us an email, hello at You Just contact us however which way you like and let us know what you think 2024 might bring. Claire, Christmas season is upon us. With thanks to Woolworths, we've been talking about the little things that make the Christmas season special. It's the very
1: last day of this campaign. We hope Everyone has enjoyed it as much as we have. Hasn't it been great? And we've learned so much about what this time of year means for people. In reading through the survey, and Kate, one of the things that really stuck with me was how much Christmas is about giving back and doing things for other people.
0: Yeah, lots of people talked about volunteering, supporting charities,
1: or simply visiting a lonely relative. It's the little things after all, Claire. It really is. And this is a chance to talk about one way that Woolworths gives back at Christmas. Since 2014, Woolworths has teamed up with OzHarvest for their Christmas Appeal, which is about getting food to people who need it most at this time of year.
0: Yeah, they've dished out the equivalent of 70 million meals. They're also matching donations made to OzHarvest. So if you'd like to make a donation, head to woolworths.com.au forward slash OzHarvest or click the link in
1: our episode notes. And thanks again to Woolworths for this really great Christmas partnership and to everyone who contributed to our Christmas survey. Hopefully we can do it all again next year.
0: Recommends, Claire, today is staying on the whole year theme. So the whole of 2023, your number one recommendation for the whole year. Number one. Like of all the things we've recommended, we recommend stuff every single week. Yep. What is your number one recommendation? Okay, you can have two. <laughs> I can see your face. Her face is like, I can't okay. just choose. One. Yeah, my
1: brain's not functioning. Uh, so anyone who listened to Squiz Today would have heard three, which is sort of aggregated team kind of vibe recommendations in Friday Lights. But my personal, your personal number word. one wham. The Netflix doco. Oh, I
0: still haven't watched it. Oh. I'm sorry. No,
1: that's good because you can watch it over Christmas that's and I true. think it's a really lovely thing to do. The friendship between George Michael and Andrew Ridgely is just so lovely. We tried to hook you up with Andrew Ridgely on the podcast <laughs> throughout the year, I remember. and You know what? I was talking him on Instagram last night too, so there's <laughs> <laughs> – <laughs> that love is long lasting. Um, and the $25 jogger jeans from Kmart, Kate, I know you don't like them very much, but they've been great. I personally like them. Squizzes go nuts over them anytime People they're in the newsletter. Love them. Unfortunately, they're only now available in pink and white, but that could be for you. So okay. yeah, there you go. I'm less inclined again <laughs> to check those out,
0: but there you go. For me, a couple of things to watch. The deepest breath, true story about free diving. Has it all. If you haven't seen it, I was—I've been raving about it. It's a documentary. I haven't watched it, so oh. I'm going to watch it over Christmas. Okay. Well, it's a documentary. Yep. Tick. It's about personal triumph. Tick. Lovely. It's about relationships. That's a tick. It's tragic. It's magic. All at the same time. I just absolutely loved it, and the bluey episode about cricket must see TV. Yeah, it's. I have watched that. It's awesome. <laughs> Before we sign off for the year, Claire, you and I have our Christmas gifts to exchange live on air. Yep. We obviously have no well, idea not what. not live. It's well, a podcast. Yeah, but, you know, live. We don't know what we're getting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Whatever or, you'd like. Um, well, okay, I'll go first. Okay. So, squeezers who listen a lot. Yep. And have listened for many, many years. This is for you. Right. One of the great stories of the year is Fat Bear Week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I believe with my heart of hearts that you introduced this story to the Australian <laughs> media because you have been following this story for years.
1: Yeah, like seven years, six, yeah. six or seven years. Yeah. So it's
0: about for those who don't know, <laughs> Katmai National Park in Canada. It's in Canada, isn't no, it? Alaska. In Alaska, yeah, they have a competition every year where
1: they track the weight that bears put on across like a six. How long is it? It, Look, it's a public public voting thing and they don't weigh them or anything like that, but you get on board, you get involved in these bears' lives, you celebrate how fat they are before they head off to hibernate. It's just a really lovely, fun thing to do. It's really, really good fun. Claire loves it. So (laughs) I have for you, let me get it out. A framed photo. Oh, (laughs) wow.
0: A framed photo of Grazer. The winner of Fat Bear Week.
1: <laughs> Thank you for all your support, Claire, from Grazer. That is just awesome. I just love her so much. She is just delightful. I'll show, show my camera. Oh, you can Isn't check it that? out on our Instagram. We'll put a link to it.
0: I'm Oh, look. And the frame is lovely. Wow. So you could reuse it. If it's you really like. nice. But no, go. grazers going <laughs> up
1: on the wall. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Kate. I know I know your love of my um, weird sort of fascination of animal stories yeah, is, there you uh, go. You know, not really your bag, but Fat Bear Week is something special. Okay. Um, what am I getting now? Now I'm right. a bit nervous. Now, I don't want to sound defensive off the bat. Oh, boy. <laughs> But just keep in mind that this gift is actually always on the top one hundred when it comes to things on the strategist, which of course you know is one of our oh, sort of great aggregation things. Yeah. so look, I'm saying i'm I'm telling you this is a wonderful gift, okay um, it makes me think, though <laughs> of how you approach life, oh okay, but very specifically the news. oh boy, I'm nervous,
0: so Claire's wrapped it <laughs> um. <laughs> I didn't wrap mine. Yes, well, that's
1: okay. These wrapping noises? (laughs) Take it out of the box.
0: Okay. I'm nervous.
1: (laughs) Sea salt flakes. It's a bucket of salt. Oh my God. Are you saying I'm salty? (laughs) I'm saying you take things with a grain of salt.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. If only I could laugh. Okay. For context, Claire last year got me a bucket, a bucket of, of, chips. of chips. So now I've got a bucket of salt. Because <laughs> I take things with a grain of salt. And there many, you go. there's many
1: grains of salt for you to take oh, a little take window it with. into Claire and my relationship. <laughs> this is great. These we'll are sort salt flakes, which okay. of of like. are salt of the best salt that you can buy, um, you'll be pleased to know that it's got a <laughs> best before date of 2028. So
0: oh, amazing. You've this got, is great. You've got some time to get through it. Thank you so much to everyone who has put up with us for the whole year, listened to our podcast. Um, we love talking
1: to you about the news. We're really excited about next year. Oh, yeah, there's so much that we've got in the plans. Um, and, Kate, you and I are going to be doing a lot more together too, which is super exciting. Yeah, News Club, here we come. Yeah. Merry Christmas. We'll catch you next year.